Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. It's great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And I think we're going to cover all three of those arenas today with a great guest that we have. And look, there's a lot of important updates coming out that we're going to talk about today. So stay with us. If you're watching on uh, Facebook, and I'm going to do this on my phone right now, okay? You probably got a notification, but I want you to share this um, on your Facebook feed. Let me make sure I can get this to come up on mine. And put it into some uh, groups, get it on chats. All right, I'm not seeing it come up on my phone, so maybe we're a little delayed on our timing on Facebook. Uh, but you might be seeing it on your phone, so make sure that you bring that up, put it into uh, groups, into some chats, comment on this. Let's get a robust discussion, and let's get a lot of participation. Um, and a big reason for that is because we've got a great guest today. Uh, Representative Briscoe Kane is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He's been on several times and, and someone who works very closely with us on a lot of important issues, particularly as they relate to religious freedom, marriage and family, and definitely pro-life issues. Uh, he's a state representative out of the greater Houston area. He and I have been friends for a long time, and he is a proud law school graduate. All right, now I see the notification came up, so maybe we were a little delayed. So welcome to the Texas Values Report, Jonathan Sines of Texas Values. If you're watching, let's get this shared. I'm going to look at it here. All right, looks like our timing was okay. It looked like Facebook was just a little bit delayed. So I'm going to put this on my personal Facebook page, ask you to do the same, put it in some groups and some chats. We're going to have a great conversation today with State Representative Briscoe Kane. So let me bring him in real quick. Um, many of y'all have seen him on our show before. If you've been to the Capitol, you know a little bit about his work. He serves as the chairman of the Elections Committee. He's done great work throughout the years, particularly on the issue of life is uh, pro-life issues, long before he was a member of the legislature. Chairman Kane, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Howdy, Jonathan and Texas Values family. Well, look, yesterday was San Jacinto Day. A lot to talk about this week. There's always good things to talk about in the state of Texas. But one thing I want to talk about, and, and part of the San Jacinto Day, and maybe we can circle back to that. I know that's a part of your district. I like to say, you know, I grew up in that area that I grew up under the shadow of the San Jacinto Monument. It does cast a pretty nice shadow, right? It's pretty tall, right? Taller than the Washington Monument, some say. It, well, there, this is this is not some say. This is this is <laughs> fact, okay? Right? I mean, you want to go into that one? We can, right? So, believe it or not, when uh, the Simpson Monument was built as part of kind of the New Deal, um, we can discuss whether that was a failed policy of FDR or not. But you know, I think so. Um, sorry to digress. And there was a rule though that we could not build it taller than the Washington Monument. So we we agreed. And we put it on a pedestal. So from the ground up, it's taller. The obelisk itself, standing alone, is not. But that's yeah. why we put it up on the giant pedestal that does make it the tallest obelisk in the world. Hey, it's Texas. What else are we going to do, right? I mean, that's just how we do things here. But speaking of Texas, a lot of attention around the work you and I have done over the years on pro-life issues. The heartbeat law continues to stay in effect. We've got a U.S. Supreme Court decision that's looming from a pro-life case out of the state of Mississippi. That ruling should be coming out in the next month or so. But look, you know, for all intents and purposes, the heartbeat law has taken all kinds of slings and arrows. It's been to the U.S. Supreme Court three times, the Texas Supreme Court once. I don't know how many other, you know, courts it worked its way through, you know, over 20 at least. 
and it continues to go strong, to be in enforced, and to, to stay in effect, and, and continues to save lives, right? So this last challenge, we a lot of us felt, okay, maybe that's it. The abortion side said they were, you know, they were even waving the white flag. And you know, it probably wouldn't be long. They've but waved lo and behold. Flag. They've waved the white flag more times than that. I mean, yeah. um, gosh, in January or so, I was served with 12 lawsuits there at, at, at your event. And, and so was Senator Hughes. And they just just said small. They gave up. Yeah. They didn't even go to court that day on those cases. Yeah, and so you had an interesting idea. This is a letter you put out back in March, a cease and desist letter related to uh, travel costs, expenses for women who leave the state of Texas because there were some people saying, okay, we're going to take people out of the state of Texas. And out of nowhere, here comes Wendy Davis, just when you think, you know, she's gone because she's lost an election. She doesn't really have any support. You know, even the um, filibuster of hers that's talked about a lot, she failed on that front. But here she is again, and now she's suing you and the heartbeat law. Yeah. Yeah, she's a loser, you know, and in, in, in between that, humorously, right, we send these demand letters to all the abortion funds. We also sent it to Citigroup for offering to use, you know, pay for its employees to do this. Um, a, a few weeks back, I get a, a, a letter from, a, you know, an attorney purporting to represent all the abortion funds, um, threatening to sue me in, in defamation for calling them criminal organizations and asking me to retract it immediately. They're going to sue. And of course, uh, you know, you guys knowing me, we responded, said, you know, see you in court. <laughs> You're so let's, let's back up for a second. We're talking with Chairman Briscoe Kane, state representative out of the greater Houston area. Many people know him as someone who's longtime pro-life advocate. He actually filed the first heartbeat law in 2019, uh, the heartbeat uh, bill, as a matter of fact. But OK, so the cease and desist letter. Give us a little bit more detail about what this is about and as it relates to Citigroup. Uh, and in the payment of costs, travel funds, and all that. Tell us what's going on with your cease and desist letter for people that don't usually follow these yeah. things. The man might, may not understand how this is tangled up. We'll do. So um, what we commonly refer to as the pre-Roe statutes are, uh, are still on the books, by the way. And so in particular, um, Article 4512.2 of the currently under the revised Texas civil statutes provides that whoever furnishes the means for procuring an abortion, knowing the purpose intended, is guilty as an accomplice. And with that, it carries uh, a punishment of between two to five years imprisonment. Now, if you may be thinking, well, what about Roe v. Wade? Roe never enjoined the, that statute, nor did that, was that statute before the court that day. It still exists the law of Texas, people could be prosecuted under it. Now, you're maybe asking, why has anybody done that before? I don't know. People just don't tend to know the law in, in these areas. You know, and one of our great friends, a brilliant lawyer, the uh, man we often call the architect of the Texas Heartbeat Act, um, would tell you that courts don't strike laws. They do not repeal them. That's for the legislature to do. And in fact, in SB8, um, in the findings, the findings, the legislative findings, we, we write and say that the legislature finds the legislature never repealed this statute, that it still exists. So, oh. Well, let me, and I want to make sure everybody's following what we're talking about. Citigroup, what did they do? What was the policy that they announced? That they would be providing funding um, for their Texas employees uh, to travel out of state to procure an abortion. 
So this would be what I guess an above and beyond their salary that they're almost like this special fund or they would reimburse them, something of that nature. Yeah, they're wanting to provide a benefit. And and um, and remind me, is this something they did publicly? Is this something that was sort of circulated yeah, um, no, at they, their business? They proudly announced it publicly, at, as um, has Yelp and other companies since then. So, so they're part of this effort to say, you know, they're proud of this, right? Sort of almost bragging about it. This is what we're going to do. So they put themselves out there. You called them on it. And, I, and obviously they weren't too happy about it. Somebody should have done their legal research before their marketing team got involved. And now they're in the middle of this situation where I guess what they're trying to, you know, bully you or make you feel nervous or, or whoever about pushing back on them. And then when Wendy Davis comes into this equation, how does she fit into this? Yeah, well, let's finish on Citigroup. So by the way, Citigroup um, is the bank for a lot of our bonds in Texas. And so for those listening, I hope you'll be you know, calling out and demanding that because of their actions, the state stop doing business with them. Now, the legislature may need to take action, wants to do it, but there are people in our government that have the discretion to stop doing business with Citigroup and letting them you know, make money off of our bonds. And so I guess that's a call to action to yeah. uh, act, do something about it. Now, regarding Wendy Davis, Wendy Davis's lawsuit against myself and three other private individuals, um, for me and my part, one, she claims that, uh, that I've sent these demand letters and it regards SBA. That's a, a factual inaccuracy or her lawyer just kind of got that wrong. Because, in fact, um, the only reason SBA would ever even be mentioned is, as I've mentioned, that in Section 2, it's the, the findings provision of SBA. It says, to quote, the legislature finds that the state of Texas never repealed either expressly or by implication the state statutes enacted before the ruling in Roe v. Wade that prohibit and criminalize abortion unless the mother's life is in danger. So we won this last session. We, we reminded the world, hey, these are still the law of Texas. And they are. And when I sent these demand letters, the abortion funds and city group, we reminded them again, this is still the law in Texas, punishable up to two to five years. We also remind them that we intend to enact legislation. This is something we need people to get behind and support. That if local DAs, and as you and I both know, the these, these kill mills, the baby murder centers are located in major, major metropolitan areas with where there's DAs that aren't willing to do anything. Um, and so we need to enact legislation that allows neighboring DAs or DAs from other counties to do it if local DAs refuse to do so. And so we remind them of that, that the clock is ticking and we're coming for them. So here you are trying to hold Citigroup accountable for their violation of state law. I mean, they're bragging about out there. I mean, you would have thought they would have looked closer at this. And that's what's in your cease and desist letter. Here comes yeah. Wendy Davis, who, look, some people know her, some people don't. She was a member of the Texas Senate. She engaged in this long talk for several hours to try to stop the members of the legislature and the Senate from voting on a common sense piece of legislation at that time known as HB2, uh, went up to the Supreme Court, but it was just common sense safety regulations uh, in the state of Texas and a couple of other provisions, and she failed. Um, you know, the um, they call it chubbing at the legislature, filibuster, whatever. She tried to engage in some type of, you know, delay of time, and she failed to do that. They ended up voting, and they passed the bill, right? But some people thought that made her famous. She ran against Governor Abbott, she lost it in that. And so, but one of the things is she's a very strong supporter of abortion. And so I guess this is kind of their latest stunt to, you know, come up with some way to try to push back on the Texas heartbeat law 
because yeah. they've really lost every other strategy that they've had so far. Yeah. And, and they know the Supreme Court's going to rule pretty soon. Yeah, I agree. I think Dobbs, you know, probably comes out around June. Uh, to be clear, she's complaining about, uh, I think a, a letter was sent to some 12 or, or something abortion funds like Lilith Fund and it, it's, et cetera. Um, we, just like, you know, we also had sent similar things to uh, Citigroup. But yeah, she's complaining that by doing this, we're, uh, this is state action. Therefore, they've got um, jurisdiction standing to bring a challenge. They're also suing these other, you know, three private actors. I believe uh, it may also be represented by Jonathan and others that have that are seeking to enforce and depose um, those providing funds, the funds to see if whether they're violating state law as well. And so, look, she's a constant failed candidate. I think she'll be a a failed candidate here. And again, we've got abortion Barbie, you know, trying to get back in the limelight to, uh, uh, you know, waste taxpayer dollars and and, and try and make killing babies a a good thing. Of course, I think she loses the end of the day. We continue to change hearts and minds and make abortion unthinkable. We know, number one, for abortion groups, it's about killing babies. And number two, if not 1A, it's about money. So this is hitting them right where, you know, the, the issues we find out really matter to them, you know, and so you talk about Lilith Fund and some of these other groups, you know, if they're, uh, they're somehow find it more difficult to secure the different funding that they want or these, you know, financial relationships they, they have, because um, look, abortions, uh, for the most part, are not being performed in the state of Texas, you're seeing a drastic reduction, and you're seeing a lot of legal scrutiny and people watching it, that's what they're also upset about, um, is that more people are paying attention to this. And that collectively shows it's not something we support in our state. And so, you know, they're hanging on to this little last bit of chance, whatever they think they may have, because everything else they've done has failed. Um, and, and that speaks to the strength of the Texas heartbeat law and the way it was written and, and the fact that you've got judges now that are willing to do the right thing and not legislate from the bench and allow this law to stand. And I think a lot of it is just collectively. People have become more pro-life, the culture should become more pro-life, and they're willing to accept this, if you will, and support it. Over 30,000 lives have been saved, we estimate, since the heartbeat laws has gone into effect. Um, but I do think they also don't like people like you that are willing to put yourself out there when other lines are being crossed and, and really sort of catch them red-handed. And I think you're doing a great job of that. And so who do they bring in? Wendy Davis, you know, I mean, but she's not really had a whole, whole lot of success. I think, um, you know, I prefer your record over hers. Well, the good old abortion barbie. You know, it's funny you mentioned we know that abortion clinics are solely in the business of killing babies, right? And, and, and here's one for people might be able to use. I'm sure you know this one. If they cared about moms and babies, um, why don't they have crisis pregnancy centers? Do they hand out diapers? Do they give out milk? Do they help moms? Do they give out bottles? Do, do they do any of those things? Do abortion clinics help moms with newborn babies? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. What are they in the business of? They're in the business of taking advantage of women, taking advantage of men, and harming children. Disgusting. Well, and they're finding a harder time to do that because um, of what we're seeing in our laws, not only in Texas, but other states as well, that are realizing the time is now to do something about it because the law is not everything. But as I learned in law school, the law is a teacher. It does matter what the law says about these issues. And now you've got people in elective office that are more confident doing these type of things. You've got the culture moving on this issue. Now you've got the U.S. Supreme Court. They're worried. They're desperate. And, you know, I think they really feel like in a lot of ways they're running out of time 
uh, for a lot of the work that they've done and taking so many lives, over 60 million lives for so long. Uh, I want to applaud you in the work that you do. You continue to find creative ways to address these issues. And that's important because sometimes people can feel like, you know, there's nothing I can do or what are we doing next on this issue that things kind of, you know, slow down for a little bit. There's always a way to, to touch on these issues. The other thing I like about it is you do a, a, such a great job of bringing these things out in public and forcing people to be held accountable and the general public being able to go, wait a minute, is this where I bank? Is this where you bank? Is this, I, I had no idea they were intertwined in something that I don't agree with. And I think that's pretty important, particularly these days. Yeah, I, you know it right. And, and thank you for the compliments. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do it out without you guys. We're all in a, here in a team. We have different skills and talents. And I say the same thing to those, you know, the audience listening and watching that, uh, that we need you as well in this fight and to use the, you know, the skills and talents that, uh, that, that God has given you to keep fighting for, for righteousness, uh, for traditional values, for, for faith, freedom and babies. Well, look, there, this is an important election season. We've got local elections coming up for school board. For city council, next week early voting starts. In a couple of weeks, you've got statewide runoff elections for the um, primary elections for people's different parties. Don't believe just because someone says they're pro-life or says something about the issue of life that it's true. Take a closer look at their record. We've got a great resource, uh, free voters guide that people can look at some of the voting records of a lot of elected officials uh, because these votes will matter. These are who are going to go back to the state legislature or your school board or city uh, government and more and more they are getting involved at the local level on yeah. these issues what's being well, taught in schools can we talk about elections real quick i just want to remind people on this one people say they're pro-life and here, here's my advice and correct me wrong jonathan if someone's telling you that ask them to show you something in their life that proves it right i mean here they are they're wanting to run for public office and they they say they believe these things we're going to see action so Ask them, what, what have they done? Have they yeah. attended a Christ Pregnancy Center? Have they given money? They volunteered? Have they spoken about it? Have they posted about it? Or is the only time they've ever said they're pro-life is when they decided to run for election? Yeah, do they ever come to the Capitol and testify on some of these yeah. issues or, you know, go on record? And so, look, and, and there's, I mean, elections are coming up very soon. Um, next week for local elections, a couple weeks after that, state runoff elections. We'll be putting information out about that, some important dates. Uh, but Chairman Kane, we really appreciate the work you're doing, you and your family. I know it's a family effort, and, and that's been such a blessing to the state of Texas. And, and, and I know there's more work to do. You know, as you look forward to coming back to the legislature, we look forward to working together. And I look forward to a victory, uh, you know, sometime by the end of June from the U.S. Supreme Court on these important pro-life issues. Amen, brother. With you. Thank you, guys. All right. God bless you. State Representative Briscoe Kane has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Well, I tell you, look, I'm going to try to post some of these documents. I know he's got a scoot, uh, but I'm going to do some wrap up for the last five or six minutes. I'm going to try to post some of these documents later that uh, he sent over. And I know are out there regarding the lawsuit, regarding the cease and desist letter. I've got a whole stack of documents, you know, like um, a real lawsuit here. The paper just starts to stack up. But so if you want to read some of that on your own and inform people, a lot of people aren't aware of it. It got some attention this week. I mean, you know, whether you like it or not, whether it's good or bad, you put Wendy Davis against Representative Briscoe Kane and, you know, abortions tied up in there and the heartbeat law. It's going to generate a little bit more attention than maybe some of these other issues that we see come up. And so, you know, whether that's good or bad, could be an opportunity for people to find out what's going on, what's your bank doing, 
what are other people doing? And to remind people, the heartbeat law is in effect. There's close to 300 pregnancy resource centers throughout the state of Texas. So if you're looking for that type of help, go to our website, texasheartbeatlaw.com. It's not just for the heartbeat law in describing what it does and how it works. There's also a ton of resources on there, links, all kinds of ways to get you connected. You know, the state of Texas has allocated $100 million to the Alternatives to Abortion Fund over a two-year period to help women, to help families, to help babies, not just while the baby is inside the mother's womb, but when the baby comes out as well. We know how important that is um, in those first days, weeks, months, and years. And, and so they know that there's that support, and, and not just financially, but it's an expression of what we think is important in our state. A lot of great pregnancy centers around the state that can help you and assist you hand-to-hand with finances, but also with resources that you need, uh, baby formula, diapers, car seats, a whole variety of things, and just some love and support and prayer. Um, you know, let's not forget about how important that is as well. And so, but go to our website to see some updates. Speaking of the heartbeat law, on June 1st, we're having a wonderful event in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, we haven't announced the ticket um, amounts yet, but you can reserve your seat if you want to now, okay? If you go to our website, you can see that information, go to our Facebook page, or just send us an email, info at txvalues.org, and let us know you want to be a part of this event. As soon as we release the tickets, you can then order your ticket. They're going to be very affordable, but I'm going to be the first to let everybody know the Lieutenant Governor is coming. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick will be at this event on June 1st. This is to celebrate nine months of the Texas heartbeat law. Why nine months? I'm sure you can figure out. How long does it take the baby usually to develop in the mother's womb and be born? Nine months. We're going to celebrate, okay? This law is in effect. Over 30,000 lives have been saved. I might be celebrating for years, okay? If you appreciate the point that we're at with this law and the pro-life movement, plenty of reasons to celebrate, but a chance to get together and for you to learn a little bit about not only the Texas heartbeat law, how to get resources, how to help other people with what we're doing on the pro-life issues, but then find out from some of the most important people on this issue, what's going to happen? What do they think is going to happen um, when uh, the um, decision out of Mississippi comes out, when the Supreme Court decides the Dobbs v. Jackson case, is Roe versus Wade going to get overturned? And if it does, then what happens? We've got Kristen Hawkins from Students for Life of America. We've also got the attorney general from Mississippi, who's not going to be there in person, but going to is going to have a special message for us that day, June 1st. You don't want to uh, miss this event. Send us an email, info at txvalues.org. We'll be sending out a special email out very soon with ticket prices and all the information you need. This event will sell out. It's just for the half day. It's going to be about 8.30 or 9 through lunch. We're going to have lieutenant governor at lunch. You don't want to miss it. This is going to be one of the most important events of this uh, late spring and kind of early summer season. June 1st, nine-month celebration of the Texas heartbeat law. Mark your calendar for that. Speaking of the U.S. Supreme Court, okay, on Monday, our good friend and board member, Kelly Shackelford, is going to be in the U.S. Supreme Court room. We're going to have to get him on later to talk about his experience. Why? Because the Coach Kennedy case is is being argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. This case has been going on for a while. You may remember, this is the football coach that on his own was kneeling on the 50-yard line as an expression of his faith, giving glory to God, did not require anybody to be a part of it, none of the students, but some people didn't like it. He got involved in a law. uh, He was sued, lost his job, got fired, and has for years 
than just trying to have himself vindicated and really for everyone to uh, have their First Amendment free speech rights uh, protected and their right to pray. Can you not, I mean, to take a knee at the 50 yard line and pray on your own when the game is over? Uh, there's no reason that this should be an issue that's worked its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, but it has because he hasn't found any, been able to get any relief so far. Texas Values is a part of a legal amicus brief that's been filed at the U.S. Supreme Court, along with a lot of other of our friends across the country and other state groups. We're standing there, kneeling, if you will, next to Coach Kennedy. We're there to support him for that 50-yard line prayer. So that case is going to be argued on Monday. You're going to hear more talked about it. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week, but be in prayer for that issue. As I mentioned, elections coming up very soon on Monday. Local elections are going to start for city council, also for uh, school boards. And there are two statewide propositions that relate to uh, different ways or mechanisms to lower property taxes. Uh, Prop one and Prop two, I think they look pretty solid. I imagine are you know they're going to pass by an overwhelming majority, but don't be caught off guard by that. That means everyone across the state is going to have a ballot um, starting uh, next week. And then the week after that, the main week of election, the election day for uh, local elections. Let me look it up on my phone real quick. That would be Tuesday. No, I'm sorry. Saturday, May 7th is um, the main election day for local elections. So, but um, we're just about out of time. So if you see value in our work, go to txvalues.org. You can make that tax deductible donation today. That's how we protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.